0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Coffee and Conversations. So this is an opportunity for us to have some conversation uh, of things that are important to our county and most particularly uh, the youth of our county. For those of you I haven't met, my name is Jeff Harris. I'm the county and district superintendent of schools. And today we are recognizing that next week is Veterans Day. Um we had a great webinar on Wednesday with many of our local veterans uh, representing uh, Army and Air Force, I believe. And so today we're going to have a little bit more representation from the Army, retired, and uh, from the Marines as well. So we'd like to welcome John Sheriffs, Sergeant with Marines. Welcome, John. Thank you for having me. And Bill Steven. Hello again, Bill. Uh, hello. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. <laughs> So, um, John, if you if we could just have you start a little bit. Um, what's your rank? Um, how did you become a recruiter for the Marines?
1: Yeah, so uh, I am a, a staff sergeant in the uh, in the Marine Corps as an E6. Um, I came into the Marine Corps in 2012. Uh, I was, you know, a high school uh, rising senior, so I was going into my senior year. Um, I became uh, a recruiter about two and a half, about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something that I needed to do in order to be competitive in my career. Um, this day and age, the the Marine Corps has become more and more competitive, and in order to do that, you just gotta always stay a leg up on everybody, and to in order to do that, you have to do drill instructor duty, uh, recruiting duty, or combat instructor, um, and this was the one that uh, I was selected for, so I came out here and started doing this. Um, in November of
0: 2018. Okay. So, so you got to feel the burn of what it was like to sh- to shift from uh normal kind of normal duty into COVID duty, right?
1: Yeah, it was definitely, uh, cha- it was challenging to adjust. Yeah. It was, everyone was kind of like shock and awe, it, it, the difference uh, and just how to interact with people and how to adapt and overcome, uh, you know, Little challenges to meet the needs of parents and students, right. and staff and teachers.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And and Bill, you were in the army, right?
2: I was in the army back in the 1980s. Yeah, and and how did you get into that? Uh, you know, I I worked in restaurants throughout my high school career, and so my uh, I started thinking about being a chef. And my parents had me set up uh, for a culinary academy in San Francisco. Right. I got the crazy idea that uh, I didn't want to burden them financially and Mrs. Redmond, she was a counselor at Del Norte, she kept harping on me to get a second job occupation. So I decided I'd go see the world and uh, join the Army to do it. Yeah, pretty cool. Then, Did you go into a recruiter's office? Yeah, it was uh, at the old high school. It's where the Flint Center is now. Upstairs is where the Army Recruiting Office is. And you know, I have to say, it was funny when I got to basic training in uh, at Fort McClellan, Alabama. It was like a lot of guys, it was a few guys that weren't happy because their recruiter hadn't uh, told me the truth. And I, to this day, I wish I still knew the guy, (laughs) the recruiter, the guy that recruited me was a stand-up guy. And he told me, he says, you know what? He says, you're going to have some hard days that are going to make you wonder why you made that decision. And you just keep tough and through it. And I did. So, yeah, I, I, I got a really good recruiter back then.
0: That one I'm seeing John over here nod his head. <laughs>
2: you know what I'm talking about.
1: huh? I 100% do. It's it's no uh, secret that you know recruiters get a bad rep for either lying or not being entirely truthful. And uh, I mean, take it for what it is. I like to you know boast a little bit and say I'm a very blunt individual, especially a blunt recruiter and. I, I I don't sugarcoat things. Like you're gonna have really bad times and you're gonna have some really good times too. It's I like to think of it as just if you have a good PMA, a positive mental attitude, you know, it you're gonna get to boot camp and you'll be like, What the heck did this dude just get me into? Like I'm gonna get out and I'm gonna be like super irritated with that individual. <laughs> um, but you know, by the end of boot camp, you know, they they come back and they actually thank us, you know, thank you for telling me how it is, you know, thank you for you're getting me helping me get through this and that's probably the most rewarding thing is being a recruiter.
0: Yeah. So typically you said you've been up here since 2019. How, how many of our, or how many local folks and we're talking Grants Pass, Crescent city, Medford, how many, how many kids have you, or young adults have you helped go into the military? If you Uh, had to guess.
1: If I had to guess, um, (laughs) uh, quite a few, uh, probably somewhere within the twenties. Okay. Uh, and, and that's that's just working from July of last year in Medford,
0: yeah, well, that's good um so I'll put you on the spot a little bit, John. give us your sales pitch <laughs> um,
1: it it kind of i I tailor it to whoever I'm trying to right. you know reach out and talk to um you know each individual has their own life um and The last thing that I want to do is burden them with more Mm -hmm. than they already might be dealing with. Um, A good thing that I like to do for, let's just say, a recent graduate of high school, like they graduated in 2020 or even 2019, um, I'll be like, well, hey, good afternoon. John Doe, Like my name is Staff Sergeant Sheriffs, I'm with the Marines. Uh, I am reaching out to local high school graduates, uh, trying to talk to you guys about the reserve program or even active duty, um, about some different ways to help pursue college if you're already pursuing to help continue going, um, or maybe even some different career opportunities that you haven't thought of yet. Uh, And then usually from there, they'll either be like yay or nay, um, or they'll be like, I'm not really too sure. Right. And then we just be like, okay, that's cool. Not everyone's interested. So it just becomes more of a conversation. You'd be like, okay, cool. Like, what what are your plans? You know, like mm-hmm. how, if I, if this was something you would like to look into, how could I make the Marine Corps um, appealing to you? Like, how, how could it benefit you? Because that's really what it's about. It is for me making sure that whether or not, or it's for me, it's about making sure that I impact that individual's life. Um, if I talk with that individual and they love it and they want to join the Marine Corps. Great. If they, uh, don't, they're like, you know what? No way, Jose, this is not for me. Um, then all the more just as good because then I took one thing, one decision off the table for them or or one thing that they know that they're not going to think about be like, okay, cool. I'm going to focus on this. Um, so I really don't, this sounds kind of backhanded, but I really don't care what, the young individuals that they want to do in their life, as long as they are successful and and they put forth a hundred percent of their, their effort and their strength into it and not put in half the effort, I'll say.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, and that, that's a really interesting perspective. I hadn't thought about that. Even if they, even if they come and they visit and they decide they don't want to do it, um, it does take one choice off the table. And and Bill, you were talking yesterday when we talked about choices and kind of working with folks and, and getting into the system. Um, you had to go back at least a couple of times, right? Before you kind of worked your way into what you
2: wanted to do when you went into the military. Yeah. You know, getting back to Mrs. Redmond, telling yeah. me to get a second job occupation, I decided law enforcement. I thought, well, I'm going to go in the military. I'm going to join the army and I'm going to, I'm going to go into the military police. You know, maybe I'd watch too many TV shows or something. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Um, yeah. I went down to uh, the induction center, I guess. if Is it, do they still call them induction centers?
1: Uh, the military entrance processing station or MEPS for there sure. There you go.
2: And so it was in uh, Oakland at the time. And yeah, I remember going down there and they, they, they told me that I had scored high enough high enough to be a, a Czechoslovakian voice interpreter which scared me because I I, I I didn't know if that meant they really they really wanted me to do that or they needed more <laughs> people in infantry if i washed out so I was proud of myself at 18 19 years old I stuck to my guns I said hey I came down here to join the military police and if you can't put me in there then I'm back out the door and you know after a little while they told me I won and that's where they put me
0: yeah. Do you run into that too, John?
1: Yeah. So uh, you have um, a lot of young individuals who are hot and heavy for certain jobs that they really want to do um, or uh, just things that they would like to accomplish while either in the service or outside. And there are occupations that are going to be more beneficial than others to do that. You know, a, lo- a lot of young individuals like the idea of military police um, and that can go uh, either way, like for the Marine Corps, um, we are, it, it's a small MOS, oh. or a military occupational specialty. So there's not many openings um, versus the army. They do have more openings. It, it's just sometimes it, it all boils down to really like when that individual wants to go to boot camp and how committed they are to that job, because for us, and I'm not sure exactly how the army works uh, to this day and age, it's probably in a similar process, but so we have job contracts that fall within certain months of the year. So if somebody wanted to be military police, um, they would have to go to boot camp in either, let's just say January or May, but they were like, oh, I want to go to boot camp in March. I'm like, well, you either have to give up when you want to go or what job you want to do. Very few and far between are we able to um, move different months around, like jobs into different months. It often uh, deals with trading with other recruiting stations across the U.S., and they're usually in the same boat too, trying to figure out how we can um, help these young individuals get exactly what they want. So usually, a lot of the times we'll have you know young individuals pick top three choices for jobs, and then we'll be like, hey, listen. This, this is where you're at. If you want military police, you go to boot camp in these months or you pick your number two job and you can go when you want. Or And then it's ultimately up to that individual. If I change something within the system um, that reflects differently than, when that, than what that individual wants or was told that they were going to get, that uh, applicant, that pulley, um, is now at risk for discharging and not enlisting going to boot camp, period, for... Mm-hmm for us and that's the last thing we want because it's a lot of work on the individual to have to for us we have to go to portland we have to take all of our um, applicants to portland so it's a long drive it it long a lot of time out of my schedules a lot of time out of these young individual schedules especially considering it's only monday through friday so then we got to deal with school as well like if their teacher's going to allow them to do makeup work and or can they take well now they can usually take their school computers (laughs) with them but welcome to covid yeah (laughs) Uh, so as, as,
2: as a recruiter, I can see where um, it's very important for you guys to guide them or counsel them into a position that, that they're better going to succeed in versus maybe something they want.
1: Yeah. Like I have a I have a, a young individual who will remain nameless, but uh, is very, very focused on wanting to go get um, a degree in architecture, which is going to take a lot of schooling. Um, and he wants to do he wanted to do a job that would not give him the time in his work schedule to accomplish all, all, all that schooling. Um, and ultimately, I was like, listen, this is your decision, but um it it, it boiled down to he chose a job that would the work schedule was more structured and would give him the time and the ability to go to school um and a lot of the times we'll bring in um people who've had that experience before it's like listen this he's doing just exactly what you want to do this is still your decision but again like this is firsthand experience don't take it from me take it from a marine who's already in the marine corps or somebody who's out of the marine corps now or a a veteran or
2: so you're a you're a recruiter but you're also a guidance counselor because like i said you're you're getting them in the direction that you know they're going to best succeed
1: i I definitely like to i don't want to claim a title i'm not (laughs) certified (laughs) for but i I do like to say from time to time i I do feel more of of like a career counselor so i can i can really help in and guide these young individuals to one less decision or a decision
0: So, you know, uh, so one question that comes out of that, um, a lot of folks, uh, I would say probably right now who are in their forties, fifties, you know, who may have students that are coming up or, or children that are young adults. Um, when we were in school, we always heard, take the ASVAB and that'll tell you what you should go into, into the military. Um, ASVAB still a thing. Where do they take the ASVAB? What does the ASVAB do?
1: Yeah, so the ASVAB is the Armed Services Vocational Aptitude Battery. Um, it is a three-hour gru- grueling uh, test, <laughs> to say the least. It depends on how you take it. So there's uh, paper versions of the test that sometimes uh, get done lightweight, or sometimes it's on the computer. It just depends on like school size and how the the coordinator goes about it. Um, but the 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 thing with the the ASVAB is that it's really for that individual Mm -hmm. i always recommend even for people who are against them like don't want to join the military period um to take it because yes yes it is for the military we do use it we do need it but there is the aptitude battery portion of the test which tests that young individual on career skills Mm -hmm. mechanics electronics science um Problem solving, organizational skills, a lot of other features that will help guide that individual to like, oh wow, I don't know the difference between a hammer and a wrench. I probably shouldn't go into mechanics, um, or maybe they want to improve that. But you know, I wouldn't as a military recruiter, I wouldn't be able to give that individual a mechanic job because they don't know anything about it. Right? They would need to f- start learning more up about it and then retake the ASVAB uh, if possible. Um, but the it depends a lot on the school, so I can only give an individual the ASVAB one time, mm-hmm. um, and then the other times they have to take it at the the Meps schools. I always recommend if if a school can, to offer it. Get with uh like a, the local military recruiter, and they can put you in contact with um, the military entrance processing stations ASVAB coordinator, who is a civilian. He'll come out and he will. Conduct a ASVAB uh, and you know give that ability to everybody to see what they want to do, um, and I always urge everyone to take it. Yeah,
0: now that's good. You know, because I hear that quite a bit, and and we've we've talked about a process as part of our career counseling to make the ASVAB i um, I'm not going to say requirement, but to but to offer it to every student um, like their eleventh grade year. Um, you know, just to say, here it is, take it, see where those aptitudes lie. Because again, whether or not they go into the military, I think it still gives them some introspection into what they, uh, well, I was never good at math, but I always tested higher at math. I was an English major. Um, maybe I should have gone into math. I don't know. But, um, but you know, at least it helps them out a little bit. Right.
2: And it gives some ideas. So Bill, did you take the ASVAB? Oh yeah. I was, uh, Like you said, I think it was, I don't remember if it was my junior or senior year, but it was in the library across the way here at Delnard High. It's funny when you were talking about it here in the last couple of minutes, I thought to myself, I wonder what it'd be like if I could take that test now and then compare my (laughs) score from back then.
1: I definitely, so like when I have young individuals come in um, from time to time, I'll take it again myself, not the full one, but we have a, a much shorter practice ASVAB that only takes about 30 minutes instead of three hours so we can see if they're even eligible for the military initially and then if they are and they want to do it we give them the full one um, so that way we don't waste three hours out of their day but I've taken it before and I'm like I've had to YouTube like what is this math formula like <laughs> I can't figure it out um, but yeah it's Something.
2: Yeah, you know. I, yeah. I I took the ASVAB, and then you mentioned Meps, and it's like all these alphabets coming back. And I remember <laughs> I remember what most of them meant. <laughs> Bill's over here getting nostalgic, right? <laughs> if
1: I ever say an acronym that somebody doesn't catch, just stop me. Sometimes I do that, so I try to always say what it is first. But
0: well, so you know, I, I think the other thing that's kind of interesting is you both had careers. Well, Bill, you had a career in the military, and John, you still do as staff sergeant. Um, what inspired you to go into the military? It, Bill, you had said it, you know, it was kind of this counselor who said try this second career, it was an opportunity to do some things. You could have been a four-star Michelin chef, but you know, you, you were military police, so that's fine.
2: Yeah, like I said, there was it was th- it was the three <laughs> reasons. It was uh I Mrs. Redmond wanting me to get that second job op- job right. occupation, which I felt the army was a good place to do it. Yeah. There was uh, this overwhelming desire to get out of Del Norte County and go somewhere far, far away and and see things. And right. boy, I sure did that. <laughs> but and then the other one, like I had mentioned earlier, was I, I just I had this overwhelming urge to not burden my parents with uh, my higher education costs, which worked out really good because it was the Army College Fund that put me through the academy when I got back out.
0: What was your inspiration, John?
1: Uh So. I guess you could say funny stories is I was never looking at the military when I ended up joining. Uh, my buddy had just given his recruiter uh, my phone number and uh, I got a random call one day and it was the Marine recruiter knocking at my door. And I'm like, nah, I was like, no way. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do, though. Um my grades weren't exactly there for college, um, sure, certainly enough not to get any scholarships. My parents didn't have the the finances to be able to put me through. I knew getting a higher education was important. Um, I just didn't know how I was going to get there. And um, the military, that that's what probably sparked it was, okay, it would be a good idea for something in the future. I'm not ready now for college, but maybe later I will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went down and sat down with the, the Marine recruiter actually like a couple weeks later I was like, okay, so what, what do we got here? Like, what is, what is all this about? And we sat for, it was like for like three hours, we just talked and it turned to be more of like a, um, just a, a BS session back and forth, just a lot of discussion. Um, and it boiled down to like, I wanted to make sure I would be six or that I would be able to be a provider for my future family I wanted to have one day. And not to say you can't do that anywhere else, but it gave me, um, you could almost say a quick ends to a, to an end means really. Um, but I, I never looked back on that decision. I'll, I'll do it again a hundred times over. Um, and then just like the, the camaraderie, just from the minute I said like, yeah, I want to do this. It was just always involved, always around. So it was just very quickly enveloped into that brotherhood.
0: And, you know, it's really interesting to say that because yesterday we had six veterans on a webinar talking about kind of memories or, or what the military meant to them. And I think, Bill, everybody talked about that camaraderie and that sense of belonging to something kind of bigger and important.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, to expand on what I said yesterday, when you're, when you graduate high school, you have your friend base and slowly that friend base starts to kind of dissipate a little bit, you know, over the years. And in the military, that was the three years I was in the military. As I said yesterday on those tougher days, I was with people. Mm -hmm. And that's a good feeling when, you know, you've got that support with you all the time.
1: It's definitely, we call uh, embracing the suck. Like it's, it sucks, but everyone's there with you going through the same thing. So you, you just build that, that bond of just like, well, it sucks, but I mean, at least Jimmy's here doing it too. Like, you know, it sucks just as much for him. <laughs> so, but,
0: but, but then you have those, those kind of epiphany moments, right? So, so far. And how long have you been in the military again?
1: I've been in the Marines for eight years. Eight years.
0: So, um, been in the Marines eight years. What so far? What to date has been probably the most formative experience uh, that you've had in the Marines.
1: What what exactly do you mean what, by that?
0: What what's kind of the most important, or what's the most memorable, or what's the thing that has really stuck out to you the most?
1: That's you a know, tough question. It, it is because there there's a lot of memories that you know we create with you know our buddies. A lot of them are stupid at times. <laughs> Some of them are uh, a lot more professional, but uh, uh, I'll probably I'll probably say it was honestly my first deployment to Afghanistan. Um, probably one of the scariest moments ever, being told like you're going to Afghanistan, um, and I'm like, no, no, I just got here, I'm not going nowhere, and they're like, yes, you are. I was like, okay, well, um, and. I had a really good mentor that taught me everything about my, my MOS and where I needed to be. And, um, my MOS is a very small one and there was only two positions for my MOS to go on that deployment, but there were three people in the battalion. Um, and they were going to send the chief, which is a given the, the guy, the main guy has to go and they were going to send a different guy instead of me. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like we just did all this work, all this effort. And I ended up fighting to go to it. And yeah, it was really hot. It it was, it sucked. Um, but I deployed, I I deployed with some of some great individuals and, um, I still talk to them to this day. They, they're out of the Marine Corps now. One's in Arizona, one's in Pennsylvania. And it's, I, yeah, it's it's just those bond, creating those bonds yeah. is probably the most memorable thing. You, you really don't think about it at much until um, guys, they EAS, which is end of active service. Um, and it's like you feel as if a family member is departing, is leaving.
0: And Bill, you had talked, what, what was your memory that you had shared on the webinar?
2: I don't know if I mentioned... <laughs> Mentioned on the on the webinar, I did most of my time in the army was uh, doing plainclothes dignitary protection mm-hmm. overseas, and uh, you know we had some. It was a lot of good days. We had some gun, We had some bad days <laughs> that involved uh, weapons, and uh, you know I don't want to get into that. But I think you know one of the things that I like to to look back on is there was a time um, when uh, back then it was the director of the CIA. His name was William Casey. Oh yeah. Very embroiled in the Iran Contra scandal thing at the time. And he was in country. His security team had passed him off onto my team. And I spent a week with with him. I actually had dinner with him one night. And uh that was that was kind of a nice week. Nothing much happened, which was a good thing in my business then. Um I was also at the time there was Casper uh, Weinberger. He was the Secretary of Defense under mm-hmm. President Reagan. I was actually in charge of his life for about eight or ten hours once. So, I've I've got too many stories. We don't have enough time.
0: <laughs> well, and you know, so I we're we're kind of at the end of our time here. But you know, I like I said yesterday, Bill, for all of our veterans who have served and moved into civilian. Um, Roles, whether that is uh, continuing public service or into private service, uh, we are incredibly, incredibly grateful. Uh, both me personally and um, our district and our community, and John, staff sergeant, sheriffs. Uh, Folks like you that are currently serving, especially given the craziness of our world in so many many different ways now, um, I can't tell you how much it means uh, to have you and your your comrades, your colleagues uh, in all branches of the armed services um, uh, out there doing what you do, whether it's at home, abroad, um, and the sacrifices that that your families um, give daily. So um, just Thank you both for services current and past, and um, anytime you want to come on and talk to the youth of Del Norte County, uh,
1: let us
2: know, and you've always got a spot.
1: Thank you for your support.
2: Can I mention one last thing? Absolutely. I wanted. I just want to make sure that people know that you know when you join the military, not or, not only are you doing an important thing, but. Um, when you either are in like you, staff sergeant sheriffs, or after you get out and you become a veteran, you carry that for the rest of your life mm-hmm. and everything that goes with it. And uh, not only are people grateful from time to time, but uh, you know one of the most important things is if you go to, to into a job, you fill out a job ap- application or go into an interview and uh, you've got bonus, bonus points oh, yeah. right on top. And that's important sometimes.
0: Well, and that includes our school district. I don't know if you know, Bill, we, we're a merit district. And so for any of, uh, any merit district or any merit job, military provides a, an extra bonus point. Um, and for our local, um, school district, anyone who applies, who has prior military experience has a kind of a leg up on the competition immediately as they move forward. So, and, and like you said, I, I, I think the, the, gratitude never goes away either. Yep. Right. Yeah. That's certainly mentioned
2: during the recruitment process, right, Staff Sergeant Sheriffs? It, uh...
1: <laughs> we definitely do talk about like veteran hiring preference points uh, and, and, you know, have basically beefing up your your resume because in this day and age, the job market is excruciating. It, it's it's painful. It, it's hard mm-hmm. to to get anything. You know, a lot of young individuals will get their, their college degrees and they'll be super pumped and then the buddy that was right le- right there next to him in the same class is applying to the same job. What are you going to do to beat him out? And a lot of, you know, we definitely do you can have veterans hiring preference points is one of the the points we, we do bring up, yeah.
0: So again, Staff Sergeant, thank you very much. Bill, thanks for joining us you, again. You're welcome. And um, for those of you who didn't catch the webinar, the webinar will be posted on our website next Wednesday on Veterans Day. Um, and... Again, we look forward to talking with uh, more members of our military in the future, uh, especially as we roll into spring and some of our older students and and, uh, young adults in our county start kind of thinking about what it might look like to move forward. So, um, again, thank you both.
2: Thank you. Thank you.